welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, aside from the football, how was your weekend? The football was shocking. I had a team put up 50 points in full-point PPR with a full lineup, which is absolutely fucking terrible. Um, wedding weekend was good. It was a great time. Sunday morning was a rough, rough period to be alive, but made it. Can talk about it. And... Um, yeah, overall, it was it was great. We had an immaculate stat line this weekend. Noah Gray putting up that immaculate stat line. So welcome to the club, King. He he could become the next Logan Paulson, just on a just on a lesser level though, because we all know there's no there's nothing greater than 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 Logan Paulson, of course. And and the people were thrilled, thrilled at him to have our two great friends. Steven Gerrard and Jamie Carragher come onto the mailbag this week. It, 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 seriously, they they had the time. Now that Steven Gerrard is now the new manager of Aston Villa, he had time, and so did Jamie, to come onto the mailbag. I mean, tr- truly great, great blocks, great blocks. Almost as fun as listening to us talk about sex tapes. Almost, almost as fun. And and while while we're on the subject, um, my. Whoa, 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 whoa. While we're on the subject. No, no, no. While we're, while, while we're on the spiel, we're not talking about sex tapes. Don't worry. Even even, even though even though what England did to San Marino in the World Cup qualifier today could qualify as a sex tape, but nothing that you would find on the World Wide Web, that is for sure. Um, England, England beat San Marino today 10-0. 10-0. Well, I mean... It is San Marino, after all. Ted Nil. That is... I know. Well, that's what's so different about American sports and European sports. Like, America, they would just be like, fuck it. After, like, six, they'd be like, fuck it. We're just going to pass the ball around and just drain the clock and not embarrass them any further. But in Europe... Like, I remember when Man City beat uh, Burton Albion, like 8 0, in the, I think it was either the FA Cup or the, or the Carabao Cup. Probably and the everyone Carabao was like, Cup I'm happy Man City that... on that. Except for this year. But anyway, it, well, good for Burton Albion because it was like the semi final, I'm pretty sure, of what? Yeah, it was a semi final. I think it was the first leg was like 8 0 or something like that. And all the pundits were like, you know, I'm happy that Man City were able to. Like it's a, it's a sign of respect to kind of go full throttle throughout the full ninety minutes, and that's just the thing you don't see in America. I give credit to San Marino on one thing: is that normally when you you go up against like a like a Burton and Albion when they're going up against Man City, you know maybe they would try and do something that maybe they're not used to, or try and you know change the tactics up a little bit to see if they can catch Man City off guard or, or whatever it may be. San Marino were just pure shit. They didn't even try anything. They were just pure shit. Aaron Ramsdale made his full England debut. Love to see it. My goalkeeper. He didn't have a fucking save to make. Like I was, I was afraid that he was going to just run out 50 yards to the midway line to just try and be involved some, some way, somehow. But, the, how we got here was, of course, Emil Smith Rowe making his full England debut, scoring a goal, registering an assist, 
Pukai Osaka scoring a goal for England. And I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Here we go. Saka and Emil Smith Rowe. I love it. You, I love it. You, you done? Bring on the Scouse pricks this weekend. Bring them on up the Arsenal. Here we go. Saka and Emma Smith Rowe. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the fantasy weekend. Uh, the, yeah. Um, I would like to be, put it on the record that I went up against Patrick Mahomes in three leagues. Yeah. And I had a Monday night massacre happen to me. Thank you, Debo Samuel. Every bad thing I think I've ever said about Debo Samuel came back to bite me in the ass. So you know what? I'm making I'm making a proclamation right now that I am no longer going to bad mouth players because Alvin Kamara always kills me. Debo Samuel took away a 35-point lead tonight. So I'm no longer going to badmouth anybody. Everyone is great. Do you want me to make you feel better a little bit for something with something that's try. not football related? You could try. Okay. Well, before I go into what I did over the weekend, um, which is be happy that I don't get the Jets out here. Thank God. Um, my one one question is: You went to the wedding. Did you meet Tony Sirico? No. No, <sighs> did not. His best friend was there. He was not. And he had pictures. He okay. had pictures and all to prove it. So I got to meet Tony Sirico's best friend. I did not get to meet Tony Sirico. That's still good. Hey, there was no complaining from me. I, I thor- thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. They had a uh, a little shrimp cocktail, oysters, clams, and they had like your uh, your knickknack food, your little appetizers, pigs in a blanket, coconut shrimp, um, scallops wrapped with bacon, which I didn't necessarily love too much. I'm not a bacon guy, but I know a lot of people are bacon people, so. Really? You're not a bacon guy? Mm-mm. No, not a bacon guy. I would have thought you were a bacon guy. I would have thought that you were a bacon guy just because – like people like bacon. I don't know. It's an nah, it, Whatever. It just tastes like cardboard to me. Bacon. T- oh, you are having the wrong bacon, sir. If you think bacon tastes like cardboard, I've had all kinds of bacon. I, I people have tried to get me on the the bacon wave. It it, it just it it, ew, it it tastes like nothing to me. Because then again, you're also talking to a guy that likes. That likes rare steak. Like I'll have steak completely rare. Like so, anything that like even resembles like closer rare. to overcooked, I'm not gonna eat. I like medium rare. Like closer to rare. Like I'm pretty tolerant with that sort of thing. But yeah, the, I'll tell you what though. One thing: Have you had turkey bacon ever? No, never in my life. Oh, turkey bacon, really good. I'm not kosher, but um, turkey bacon is delicious. I have not had turkey bacon, so that is a, that is a bacon that I will uh, I will have to try, and I will have to report my findings. They had the best one, well, really the only turkey bacon that I've had in my life is from Trader Joe's, and it's very very good. So, on a scale of I one to ten, it. how much do you miss Trader Joe's? We have Trader Joe's at Utah. Oh, Trader Joe's is a thing in Utah. Oh, you yeah. aren't you aren't uncivilized. Okay, good. 
I have I have a package of turkey bacon in my fri in my freezer currently. It, actually, you, you don't have an Ivor on though. No, no. Are you, are you kidding me? I, no. I'm telling you. I think I think uh, I need to start a uh, little Ivor on franchisee in uh, in Utah. It'll be a smash hit. Just due to the scarcity alone. But uh, anyway, so over the weekend, I went to go see. You would love this. I'll text you these pictures because it's gorgeous. This uh, stained glass gallery. Wow. At uh, the local one of one of the local colleges, Utah Valley University. So they have this like a, it's like a whole wall basically, of stained glass, and it's supposed to be the uh, history of the world, and it's really good looking. Huh. Wow. Yeah. Also, their student center has a bowling alley. Calling up Stuart Rabinowitz, telling him to get Hofstra a, a bowling alley pronto. I know. I'm like, what the fuck is this? I, want a, a they have a bowling alley. Alley. I do too. No dorms though. It's a commuter school. Okay. They save they save their okay, money. They save their money for, uh, for for furnishing and maintaining and keeping dorms, and they put it towards a bowling alley. Yes, a bowling alley stuff. and like, yeah, everything there looks pretty new, which is kind of nice. But anyway, that's besides the point. That was my Saturday. Um, I went, you know, took the bus out there and got to see that uh, gallery. Nice, which is really cool. Like nice. really, really cool. <laughs> nice. Yep. We love that. Yes, we do. And now we get, right, to, talk, and we'll so, get to talk about the, the week that was. Fuck this week that was. Uh, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean. Where do you want to start, Adam? Well, we always start with the quarterbacks. We do. We do. Uh, by the way, uh, anybody who was doubting me and my, uh, my Cowboys, we're going to the Super Bowl. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. We are we are on the wave now. I told you. I told you people. Don't worry. Don't worry. Teams slip up every now and again. I, it, hey. You didn't see the Rams getting any shtick for when they slipped up against the Titans. They won't get any shtick for losing to the 49ers. I want that same energy on those pricks for losing to them as we got for losing to the Broncos. Same energy. I want it now. I don't think you're using that word right. I don't think you're using the word shtick right. But that's besides the point. I want them to get the same the same treatment that we got. Same thing with the Bucks. Same thing. They lost to the Washington football team, a disgrace of a team. In more ways than one. And they won't get any shtick. They won't get any kickback. None. None. Zilch. Nada. But if that were the Cowboys, if the Cowboys lost that game, oh, oh, batting down the hatches because here comes the mob. Well, it's kind of like roughing the passer because you can do anything you want. If you play quarterback for the Jets, the defense can do anything to you and they will not get flagged. I mean, that's a fair point, but was that would, would a few roughing the passer penalties really have helped? 
No. It, they wouldn't have. But, I mean, I don't know. In it, like, for the past couple of years, it's been this way. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that the, the hit that basically set Sam Darnold's career on this track of shittiness that where he broke almost broke his collarbone. Troy Aikman thought he broke his collarbone on Thursday night was not flagged. The hit on Zach Wilson's knee by Matthew Judon wasn't flagged. And the Bills just did whatever the fuck they wanted to Mike White, and the refs were just like, eh, whatever. Again, I mean, there is a case to be made that maybe there are some things that were not called. Okay, fine. But the argument falls on deaf ears when it's not a close game. The Bills showed up to that stadium and won. They didn't need to step foot on the field. They showed up and they won the game. The, the, the Jets didn't come out to play. No, they did not. Again. Again. And I know. again. I it, know. It, it's not about... It's not like, oh, you need to get rid of Salah or, or you need to get rid of anybody. This is a coach is in bullshit. his first year. His first year. You got to give the guy time. But what they have, oof, they, I, honestly, I think the only the only two guys that I could say, oh, yeah, they're, well, I really shouldn't say that. There's probably like five, but the two guys for sure that are stone-cold marquee guys you build around right now that we've seen, Makai Becton, well, th- I'll, I'll say three, Makai Becton, Quinn and Williams, Michael Carter. I would say Marcus I mean, Elijah Bay. Elijah Vera Tucker's played well, yes. But I would say Marcus May, but he's not under contract. You you re-sign Marcus May, then yes, he's in that equation as well. Well, you, I mean, the Jets, if the Jets wanted to sign Marcus May, they'd probably get him in a bargain because he's coming off an Achilles tear and he also had that DUI incident. Yeah. That swept, that got swept under the rug or whatever. I don't know what happened there. That alleged DUI incident, I want to say. Because I think it was uh, proven there. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, um, yeah, that, I just want to say that. But the, anyway, that's for that's for Jake to talk about because uh, Jake sure. has very rational opinions about the Jets. So I so I hear. So I hear. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway, so quarterbacks, kind of a weird top ten again this week. Um, I mean, aside from the top three, the top three is pretty normal. Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen. Um, and then you have Mac Jones, Trevor Simeon, Jalen Hurts, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Very interesting stuff. Probably should have started Derek Carr. Hindsight's twenty twenty. If I'd started Derek Carr, I might have won this week, at least in the, in the non-co-own, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so those are those are your top guys at, at quarterback. And, I mean, Trevor Simeon, honestly, has looked pretty competent. I mean, you know, that was like a close... That game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was against Tennessee. But, um, yeah, Trevor Simeon did look pretty solid. I completely agree with you. I think the scoreline was very generous for the Saints. I just think Tennessee was in a different class and we got hell that could game that game could have gone to overtime and you know we could have been talking about an entirely different result if new orleans converts that two-point conversion at the end they didn't 
so it goes down to loss for 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 New Orleans. The top three, Adam, like you said, I mean, I don't think it's really that much of a surprise. We all knew Patrick Mahomes would have a good day against Las Vegas. We all knew that Dak would have a pretty uh, a bounce back day against Atlanta, and then of course we knew Josh Allen would be Josh Allen, and the Jets would be the Jets. The real surprise for me this week, and I, I, I think for the season just in general, Mac Jones. I mean, wow. And, and you, and you know, I, I know you hate to do this, but even you, no, no, you have Sorry. to give the Patriots credit because the Patriots, out of all the teams that have rookie quarterbacks going for them right now. The Patriots are the only ones that look great. And Mac Jones, Mac Jones looks like that he's going to be the next guy that prolongs Bill Belichick's career for the next however many years. Like this Patriots team next year, I don't think it's totally irrational to say the Patriots should be at least contending for a playoff spot. And, and and they're in the hunt right now. They're they're in the hunt to potentially be a playoff team. I don't think they're there. If they do get there, that would be above and beyond expectations. Would it be a shock if they do? No, of course not, because it's Bill Belichick, and we've seen him do crazier things before. But next year, the Patriots, you can make a, you can make a really good case, are probably going to be in the hunt. To, to be a playoff team, and it all comes down to how they've been able to really develop and how quickly Mac Jones has developed in year one. 19 of 23 passing, three touchdowns, only 198 yards. But again, it, it it's just how surgical it was. And I know it was at home. I know it was in, it was in a good environment. Cleveland, uh, they've been one of the more hot and cold teams in the league this year. But Mac Jones was just he, he to watch. It's so nice. Everything. It's it just he does everything really, really, really well. Like I don't think there's anything about Mac Jones that is like crazy. Like there's nothing that makes me go like wow with Mac Jones. But it's just he fundamentally it's so sound, and the Patriots do a great job of protecting him, not just with their offensive line, but in terms of hiding his flaws and what he can't necessarily do or what he isn't great at doing. The Patriots really hide that well because he looks well, like a guy for that's been a starter for, for, like, for five years. They did it for Tom Brady for like 18 years, basically. And you know what? Tom Brady won them a bunch of fucking Super Bowls. So you know what? And he's the greatest quarterback of all time because of it. I mean, it's not a crit- – I'm just saying that's what happened. The offense makes okay quarterbacks great. That's what it is. I <sighs> see. I don't. I don't know if you could say that because I think I think Tom Brady is great. Yeah. I think I think Mac Jones is on his way to being great. I, I really think so. Here's a question. Yeah. So let let's say all the rumors that the 49ers loved Mac Jones and they picked Mac Jones third overall instead of Trey Lance. Are we having this conversation except Mac Jones is wearing red? Hmm. Probably not. Probably not. 
because I don't think Mac Jones would be playing. He would he, honestly. Yeah. He would probably. He would probably still be behind uh, Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Mm-hmm. I think so. It was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm in New England, where you know you had the whole the whole breakdown of things with Cam at the beginning of the year. Mac Jones showed enough where he was ready to go. He wouldn't be flustered. Give credit to Josh McDaniels. There was a game plan there where, you know, he could build an offense around a very simple offense where there's not much, you know, complexity in it. And Mac Jones has looked really, really good. Really, really good. And in terms of fantasy, getting back into the the, the, the fantasy track, yeah, I think Mac Jones, he's got to be a high-end QB2 rest of the season like i i don't think we're gonna sit here and say that oh yeah mac jones is, is a qb1 or anything like that because he's only passed over 300 yards once and that came against the jets at home in week seven so he's he really is a a glorified game manager at this stage but he faces the atlanta falcons in atlanta thursday night I can tell you right now, Mac Jones is going to be a top 15 quarterback for me this week. 100%. Yeah, well, I mean, after what Dak did to Atlanta. And, I, I mean, after what, what everybody has Atlanta. done to Atlanta, except, except the Jets. Stop it. it. It's true. Everybody has had great games against Atlanta, except the Jets. Atlanta's won multiple games. Besides that, besides that it, one, it's not London. about winning. Fantasy, from a fantasy point of view, players have had great games except Atlanta, except for the Jets. You said great games except Atlanta instead of against Atlanta. You know what I meant. Okay, I was just saying. You know you what I meant. To um, as, as for Simeon. I think that this is just a really game script. Game script, number one. The number two, there was no Kamara. So Simeon was really then able to get the ball more downfield. And, you know, really the offense was opened up for him at that point where they had to start throwing. So I'm not really, you know, super enthused with with Trevor Simeon uh, in the uh, in the slightest by the way, I this is one of those things I hate being right about, but I was right to be worried about Alvin Kamara's knee sprain. Yeah, yeah, but I, I again, I think, and I, I don't want to toot my organization's horn here because I mean we're going to the Super Bowl and all, but Dallas started a trend. Dallas started a trend where I, I think it's a long-term approach with how teams are looking at injuries now. You know, if they, from what I understand, Kamara could have played this week. From what I understand. Are you saying that, like, Dallas isn't the, isn't the first team and they won't be the last team to have a player have a potentially career-altering or season-ending injury? We just had, like, a few of them on Sunday. <laughs> at least one I can think of off the top of my head. Well, again, it's it's all about managing expectations and knowing that there are bigger games that are that are probably ahead. The Saints could have afforded to take a loss. They could have won the game, which would have been an even bigger bonus for them. But again, they decided to take a much longer term approach 
to to the season. And they said that they could have very easily they could have very easily won the game with without Kamara. They didn't win the game, and now there's a there's an opportunity for Kamara to potentially be back uh, next week for New Orleans when they go up against the Philadelphia Eagles. So hopefully, uh, hopefully Kamara will. We'll we'll uh, we'll be back for that. As opposed to the Rams, who are just like, "Oh, your ankle's fine. Get out there. Your ankle's fine." <laughs> for, pretty much, Hit, injured ankle, injured ankle. Um, with that, let's go into the disappointments because Matt Stafford's up there. Well, I have I have one more thing that I want that I want to say too. Um, and this comes this comes from a uh, from a source that um that I know. Basically, the plan is that Cam Newton is going to be taking the first team reps this week. And the plan is for Cam Newton to be the starter next week for when the Carolina Panthers have their reunion with Riverboat Ron and the Washington football team. Yes, and maybe even next season, too. Who knows? Who knows? Because Who knows? Uh, apparently, I mean, so we didn't actually talk about this because it happened after we recorded the preview show and also the mailbag. Uh, Sam Darnold's basically out for the season. That's how they're treating it. Yeah, that is how they're that is how they're treating it. Um, I just think that that it's something that fell for for Carolina and. I have my doubts as to whether or not Sam Darnold is actually going to be on this roster next year, especially if Cam Newton can finish the season strong, given... And they picked up his fifth-year option. Anyway, yeah. Put it this way. Sam Darnold wasn't having his picture taken with the owner of the team. So what does that say? Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Well, you know, if David Tepper doesn't believe in you, then what are you going to do? Fair. Fair point. All right. You want to go into disappointments? Yes. So there were a couple. Uh, Another piece of breaking news that happened that's not breaking anymore because it's a couple days old is that Big Ben just just out of nowhere got put on the COVID list and uh, Mason Rudolph started in his place against Detroit, which ended in a tie. The best part about the best part about ties, just as a little sidebar, the best part about ties every single year is that whenever somebody ha- whenever a tie happens in the NFL, you have at least five players that say, "I didn't know that, they, that we could do ties. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that ties were a thing." Every yep. single week, every or every single time, without fail, there's like one, one or two or three players that are just like, "I didn't think that ties were a thing." Still, it's okay, Najee. Donovan McNabb had his moment, so it's all right. Yes. Happens. It happens. Um, But It does does happen. My dream is still alive. We need one more week, one more loss from the Detroit Lions, and they'll be be winless, winless going into their Thanksgiving Thanksgiving meeting um, with the Chicago Bears. Who do they play? They play Cleveland. Oh, my God. Case Keenum, please, I beg you. I beg you. Beat them. Beat them so that way they can go winless into Thanksgiving. I could put a thousand dollars in the lines, please. Please, merciful anyway, Jesus. The NFL is the only sport 
of the four major sports that still has ties, which I'm not a fan of. It's terrible. It it, it is absolutely awful. Do college overtime for Christ's sake. Um, I know. Please just please do it. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as disappointments go, Matthew Stafford and, and and the Rams again. I want the same energy for the Rams as the Cowboys got all last week. Only multiply it by two because they are now losers of two straight. Fuck the Rams. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looked a little rusty versus versus Seattle, but that is, of course, I would think to be very much expected, having not practiced um, at all leading up and hasn't practiced in, in 10 days prior. So I think that was definitely expected. Russell Wilson, you could put in that same category as well, just coming back and definitely look rusty, shut up for the first time in his career. Uh, Justin Herbert, that was a little bit of a surprise that, that he struggled as much against Minnesota as he did. But again, I'm not super concerned about Herbert, Rogers, Stafford, Wilson. They're all starts next week. And same thing goes for Tom Brady. I mean, there were, a lot of people that were like, uh, what the hell is happening here? Two picks against Washington. I'm not I'm not concerned. One was a terrible throw by Brady. It happens over the head of Mike Evans, and the other one was completely uh dropped by I forget the name of the receiver off the top of my head. It was a complete nobody whose name I, I had never heard of before. Full transparency. I had never heard of the guy when he uh when he caught it. I was like, Okay, who are you? And Little did we know that he just did not play the rest of the game after that. So, gee, I wonder why. But yeah, no, no concerns for any of the any, any of the big name quarterbacks. I think you know down weeks they happen, but their starts for uh, their starts moving forward. Nothing that is a major sign of concern. Even like Wentz. Uh, well. Mm, well, Wentz. Wentz was a victim of game script, honestly. He really did not have to do a whole lot. It was a John, the Jonathan Taylor show, and he really did not have to do a whole lot of significant interest. But I think against Buffalo, he could be a good stream, given I think you know Buffalo could really run it up on them. And then against Tampa, I think is a great stream, a really really great stream after what we just saw Taylor Heineke do to uh, to Tampa. I'm trying to see which receiver it was. For Tampa Bay, because now I'm curious. Um, I can tell you. Was it Jalen Darden? Jalen Darden. Yep, that's it. That's the guy. It was the first name. It was the the first name I saw in the depth chart. Yep, he had one catch, one catch for 29 yards prior. Then the second target that he had was the one that he bobbled and was picked. And then he did not have anything else the rest of the game. Well, there you go. So, yeah. Uh, any Well, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater was also pretty disappointing. That Denver game, I don't even know. I thought that the Broncos were going to do well against Philadelphia because just because the Broncos have done well at home. If but, you're starting yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, if you're starting good. Teddy Bridgewater in fantasy, you need, you need to stop. You need to stop. He's not worth it. Well, after this, definitely. I don't think a Outside of the running backs, really, I don't. I'm not crazy about any of the Broncos. Uh, Judy and PPR. Judy and PPR. But Sutton has like really lost a lot of value. Yeah, Sutton's been awful for I think three weeks in a row now. 
He's yeah. been he's been um, boy. He, he you can't start him. You can't start him anymore. I mean, he's on a bye next week, but yeah, you 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 can't start him going forward. Yeah, you really can't. Um, any other disappointments? I mean, Lamar Jackson on Thursday. We didn't really talk about that. Yeah, yeah happens. But that was a yeah happens. Not not a concern. Not worry about it. You know, Brian Hoyer was a real disappointment. Only had six point eight fantasy points. Six point eight more fantasy points than Matt Ryan did. You know, he was started in zero leagues, so he really let down nobody. Matt Ryan was started in a whole lot more. I could tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, Also, Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff. I mean, I doubt that people were starting them. Because Baker Mayfield has started in 9.6% of leagues. Jared Goff has started in 1.2% of leagues. But, like, I mean, that's still, like, as far... I mean, that that Browns team was just... They couldn't get anything going on offense. Except for the run game, but that really didn't help at all. Nope. No, it did not. Uh, Maybe they would have missed somebody like... Odo Beckham Jr. I don't know. Speak, speaking of run game. Yes. Speaking of run game. Swift transition. Very swift transition. Speaking Thank of you. swift transitions. Radio professional. DeAndre DeAndre Swift. He, wow. he had 16.5 fantasy points. He was not in the top 10, but I just, I just do it for the pun. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't break any backs. He didn't break any backs. It was a, a solid performance. Good day at the office. Yep. Unfortunate, unfortunate that he uh, was the only Detroit Lions running back that didn't score. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. You think that with Jamal Williams being out, that he would have had more of a role as far as like scoring? But no. Well, they clearly feel that they have better in between the tackles guys. Than DeAndre Swift, and it's well, hard to I mean, argue. Probably, it's hard to argue. Yeah, I mean he's a do it. He's a do it all running back, but they don't really want him to be the the go to thirty touch guy. Man, what is it with running backs from the twenty twenty draft class not being lead guys, except for Jonathan Taylor? Well, to be fair, I mean, what what really is who is a lead guy that isn't sharing in today's NFL? There's, I think, there's only there might be less than five that I can count in my hand. Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey, when he's upright and normal, was Ezekiel Elliott. Now Tony Pollard, really. So I don't know if you can even count him. Dalvin Cook is is three. Derrick Henry is four. I think that's it. I mean, maybe Najee Harris. Maybe Najee is five. And Jonathan Taylor, six. Okay, six guys. You already you said Jonathan Taylor twice. You said I did Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor. Taylor twice? Okay, he then five. The first, the, yeah, he was the first name that you said. Okay, then five. So there's five guys. Yeah. Um, and Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, yeah. too. Okay, six. Okay. 
But uh, yeah, the top three, unlike the quarterbacks, the top three is a bit unconventional. Uh, you had Darrell Williams as your RB1 on the day, on the week. With uh, 29.4 full point PPR fantasy points. Then you had uh, Ramondre Stevenson with Damian Harris being ruled out of that game against Cleveland. Ramondre Stevenson had a really big game. Uh, Aaron Jones with the MCL sprain led to A.J. Dillon having a big game. And um, even like going further down, you know, it was a good bounce back for Antonio Gibson. Um, a good showing for Mark Ingram filling in for Alvin Kamara. And yeah, surprise for Matt Breida also scoring two touchdowns. But that's kind of what that's what gets you up to up into the top 20 for running backs to scoring two touchdowns. There is not a Buffalo Bills running back that I, that I want to have in fantasy right now. Plain and simple. I'm just saying that. I'm just, uh, I'm no, just no, no, saying no, no, the no, facts. No, no, absolutely. But there is no Buffalo Bill that I want to have in fantasy right now. None. Zach Moss is droppable. Devin Singletary is droppable. Matt Breed is not worth having on your roster. Simple as that. Um, yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. Ramondre Stevenson, if he's the guy against Atlanta, Thursday night, you start him. He's a top two, but a top twenty play for me. If he if he is the guy by himself, if Damian Harris cannot go, um, AJ Dillon. This is the conversation that I wanted to have with 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 the running backs. So Aaron Jones, they're talking about him being out one to two weeks with an MCL sprain. This kind of goes into a, a waiver discussion now. If AJ Dillon is available on your waiver wire. And you need a win now. Blow your fab on AJ Dillon. Blow it. If you're a team that is comfortably sitting in playoffs, you don't necessarily need the win. He's not worth it. Because he's only a one to two week maximum fix. And even then, he's not worth going and blowing the majority of your fab on if you're a stone cold lock to be in playoffs it's just not I mean, worth also, it this is not because I hate the Patriots but also I feel like this is like not to be pessimistic or cynical or anything like that but I think that Ramondre Stevenson is probably going to have a calm down on Thursday against Atlanta I highly disagree just because it's a, it's a committee if Damian I... Harris comes back if Damien Harris comes back, this is a completely different discussion. But if, if Damien Harris is out, which is looking like he's going to be out again, who, who, who is Atlanta stopping? Who who have they stopped? The Jets, again. Atlanta doesn't stop anybody. I'll tell you right now, Mac Jones, top fifteen guy, Ramondre Stevenson, top twenty guy. Hunter Henry will probably be a top 12 tight end for me this week just because he's facing Atlanta. They are that bad. They are that bad. Start all of your worthwhile Patriots. That's not a receiver. It may be Jacoby Myers. Maybe. Congratulations, by the way, on your first touchdown, Jacoby. Very proud of you. You did it on my bench. But... Mac Jones or Mondre Stevenson, Hunter Henry? Yeah. Yeah. 
that is like you you see a fantasy player that you have. I'm not just talking about Patriots. I'm just talking in general. You see a fantasy player that you have going up against Atlanta that is worthwhile. Oh my God, they're slam plays. Slam. Start. If Ramondre Stevenson is the guy by himself, start him with supreme confidence. I'm not, I'm not talking a sliver okay. of confidence. No, no, no. I'm talking supreme confidence. He'll score. Supreme confidence. Yes. Supreme confidence. He will score. Okay. If Damian Harris is not there. You heard it here. Yep. Okay. That's that's the guarantee of the week. Um, then outside of that, Dearness Johnson, even even in a, in a game where his team put up seven points, he was great. Jonathan Taylor against Jacksonville, okay. he was great. Christian McCaffrey, a little bit of a concern with, with, with the hamstring. He came out of that game for – for a bit, looked to me it was like a bruise. It didn't look to me like it was an aggravation of the hamstring. It looked like he took a helmet to the hammy. So it just looked like he took, it was like a more of an impact injury more than it was a strain. But, you know, we'll need to wait until Wednesday's injury report to see uh, what the deal is there. Did not really factor much in the second half of that game, but they really didn't need him. To be, but still got 23 touches. Still was vintage Christian McCaffrey. He plays. He's a locked and loaded RB1. There are no concerns there at all. But to me and my very limited knowledge of sports medicine, it looked to me like it was more of, again, an impact injury more than it was a strain of any sort to me. Oh, Dr. Birdsall over here. That's me. Maybe you should be the one with a degree. You should be the one with a degree in medicine. Oh, please. No, 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 no. Dr. Gaster, please, please. There's, there's only one Dr. Gaster with multiple degrees as a radio professional. And he's a, he's a man of science and men's health. Yeah. Uh, in my professional, not a doctor opinion, Christian McCaffrey is a Charlie horse. He's out with a Charlie horse. <laughs> questionable. Questionable. With questionable, the, uh... with a, questionable with a Charlie horse. I would love to see that on an injury report one day. That'd be something. That would that would be something. It'd be about as vague as uh, NHL injury reports. It really would be. It really would be, which would be mm, music, music to my ears. Um, you want to go into disappointments? Yes, let's do that. Um, there were a few. Uh, Josh Jacobs is one. Yeah, that was just game script. That was game script thing. Cordero Patterson also kind mm. of game scripts, but also injury. Yeah, that was injury. That that definitely was was injury. And then the fact that the game was just as lopsided as it was, um, definitely did not help. Cordero Patterson, they probably he picked up that ankle injury, and they probably said, you know what, this game is done. It's not worth risking him, and he was limited in practice and uh, Monday's estimation. So. I, I I think he'll be he'll be fine for uh, for Thursday. Darrell Henderson, that was a disappointment, but I think again, I think that was just very game script related. So I'm not I wouldn't be too worried about Darrell Henderson. Uh, Javante Williams was a disappointment as well, but uh, Javante Williams did have a touchdown called back, so that would have been 
uh, a much different day had Javante Williams gotten that touchdown. So he had a, he had a touchdown call back due to penalty. So again, not worried, not too worried about. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry, uh, Melvin Gordon also in that same vein was pretty disappointing as well. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he got he got he you the nine t- nine point three. Yeah, he got he got you the touchdown though, so it was like you know, eh. yeah, okay, okay, but yeah, definitely definitely not what you want to see from uh, from Melvin Gordon. But again, very game script dependent. I mean, Philadelphia again. It, the I think the score line thirty to thirteen may have been a little bit generous to uh, to Denver, and then I really want to know how this team came out and dropped a thirty bomb on Dallas last week. But I guess that's neither. Uh, here, here nor there. Any given Sunday. Any given Sunday. Say. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And I, I, I want to have this conversation before we go into the uh, to the receivers. I, I just want to get your take on this. Miles Gaskin, would you be dropping him? I wonder why you're asking me that question. Well, I have him in a spot, too. And honestly... I, I just I, I'm at the point where I'm just like I want to make him somebody else's problem. I think that's a good idea. I mean, I I've gotten rid of my Miles Gaskin problem. It's been weeks now. I mean, my team isn't like any better or worse for it, but I think that it's nice not having to be like maybe this is the week that Miles Gaskin can actually perform while he's in my lineup. Yeah, because he's performed in other weeks, but he's been on the bench. Mm-hmm. Yep. It hasn't been any consequence. It hasn't been of any consequence. It's literally been every other week. It's actually crazy. This is like the this is like 2017 Tyreek Hill, like every other week. Except Tyreek Hill actually did things in his in his good weeks. Yeah. For me. Uh, yeah. For, for Gaskin, me, I, I just not not a fan. I don't think Gaskin is necessarily droppable. But if, if you can include him in a trade for something, try it. Try it. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what you would really be. I, I would use him as like a throw-in in a bigger deal. I don't think you can get a one-for-one for, one for him. I don't think anybody's really interested in that. But use him as like a throw-in piece in a deal, maybe. I mean, that's what I'm trying to do where I, where I have gas because I'm trying to – Or you uh, can see what he does against – Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You can see what he – you could see what he does against the Jets this week, and maybe you can, if he does well, you can sell sell high on him. Do you feel confident though starting against the Jets? Well, as an unbiased person, yes, because it is an on week. Michael or uh, Miles Gaskin had his off week this week. This is his on week where he has double digit fantasy points. All right. So All right, we'll, we'll see. see. And also, I just so dis it. It's kind of disillusionment with the Jets has come early this year, like Christmas. It's come early. This, yeah. Ain't that the truth? But uh, yeah, that's kind of my feel on Miles Gaskin. I mean, okay, maybe not this week. If he doesn't perform against the Jets, then yeah, I, I'd be kicking, kicking him to the curb. 
this might be the week you could sell him. You might you might be able to uh, get someone to to cave when he sees he's playing the Jets. Unfortunately, maybe, maybe I I I highly doubt it. But different crazier things I see. God, if you're Zach Taylor, how bad do you feel that you lost to the Jets that proceeded to get absolutely blown out in the next two games? Insert everything that you said about Mike Vrabel as well. Tennessee Titans, one of the best teams in football, universally praised, and they lost to the Jets. Happens. Again, that's not talked about enough either. That was the Cowboys that lost to the Jets back in week one. We'd still be talking about it nine weeks later. How could the Cowboys be legit Super Bowl contenders? They lost to the Jets. Well, I don't think too many people were saying that the last time they lost to the Jets. Oh, that was because we had our current offensive coordinator as starting quarterback. Oh no, that was that no, one time. No, that was not. That was that, that was that, that was that one time where Sam Darnold looked like Jesus when he came back from Mono. Forgot about that. Yeah, no, not 2015, 2019. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? That was Super Bowl. That was Super Bowl for a lot of you Jets fans. It was fine. I'm just bringing it up because you're a Cowboys fan. I don't really care. That was Super Bowl for a lot of you fans. Just like you winning in Foxborough. Super Bowl. You were barely even alive the last time Cowboys won a Super Bowl. I wasn't alive. I don't even think you were. I wasn't alive. Yeah. And your parents were barely alive when the Jets won a Super Bowl. That's not true. My dad was 18. 18? How old is my dad? My dad was my dad was sixteen. I wouldn't say yeah. That's not barely alive. Uh, they were children. Well, technically, my dad was an adult. Technically, he what? Technically, or at least he was. Well, eighteen is an adult. Was, Adam, sixty-nine. Eighteen is an adult. No, I'm hold on. I'm trying. Hold on. I'm thinking because if it was if it was January of 69, then my dad would have been 17 going on 18 because his birthday is in February. But anyway, that's besides the point. Okay, so he was a child. Okay, perfect. Glad we established that. But that's not the point. The point is we're moving on to receivers. And Debo Samuel, Stefan Diggs, at least C.D. Lamb did well for you. C.D.'s nuts. Great team name. Great team name. Full of great people. Tyreek Hill did pretty well. Kendrick Bourne. That was a surprise. Cooper Cup, even in a horrible, horrible blowout loss, still got 23 fantasy points in full point PPR. I yeah, mean, gave me geez. gave me a little scare in uh, in the non- uh, in the non common little bit of a scare, but uh, but CD's nuts still managed to uh, manage to hold on there. Shout out to uh, shout out to Christian McCaffrey, shout out to James Robinson, shout out to Darrell Williams, great people, and the Bills defense. Four picks on Mike White. Shout out. 
great folks, great folks. Um, I do actually want to talk about uh, Brian Edwards of the Las Vegas Raiders. Was a was he top ten? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah, he was. Top, he was tenth, tenth receiver on the week. Tenth receiver on the week for for Brian and Edwards. You know who was eleven? Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro. Granted, no, not it was that a, one. The other one. Granted, it was. God. Granted, it was a very negative game script. <laughs> um, I think Brian Edwards is a worthwhile stash, especially if you are a uh, playoff team with aspirations of just having a deep bench. I think Brian Edwards is a very, very, very good stash uh, for those for those playoff teams. Uh, Keenan Allen had a good week. I was a little surprised. That was a Keenan Allen week. I thought for sure it was going to be a Mike Williams, Mike Williams week. Justin Jefferson. We had a question about Justin Jefferson on the mailbag, and that was one that I got we right. Did. So, shout out to me. Very very happy with that, considering I had Matt Ryan, Josh Jacobs, Michael Pittman, and TJ Hawkins as my starts of the week. So it was over four on those. So, but Adam, oh, Adam, Adam God. had great starts of the week. I got to say, Derek Carr check, Dearness Johnson check, Cortland Sutton. And then Tyler Conklin. Good for you, Adam. That's 75% yes. success rate. That's very good. Love to that's, see it. That's very, very good stuff. Um, Devonta Smith absolutely burned his ex-Alabama teammate in Patrick Sertan. Uh, shout out, by the way, to the Carolina Panthers for taking J.C. Horn. And shout out to the Denver Broncos for thinking they were going to be really, really, really cute and taking Patrick Sertan from the Dallas Cowboys when they gave us Micah Parsons. So, thanks, Denver. Thanks. Thanks, Micah, Micah Parsons. Also torching our... Devonta Smith also torched the Cohen because Jake has Devonta Smith, and we play Jake. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So I, I, that sucked. But, yeah, overall, there weren't too many. Um, Kendrick Bourne was surprised, but, again, I don't think you really, you know, you're not rushing to go pick up uh Kendrick Bourne, considering he had four targets. Yeah, it's not sustainable. Not sustainable. There's a dud. There's a dud coming at some point. But if you're in deep leagues and you just want to say to yourself, uh, maybe Kendrick Bourne could be a good play, he is facing Atlanta. I wouldn't necessarily love it, but the matchup is there. And if you want to play the matchup, that that's, that's one you could play. I mean, we're not even going to talk about the – the, the surprises of Ray Ray McLeod, DeAndre Carter, and Marcus Johnson. Well, AJ Brown. I mean, we'll get to him. I mean, I don't know what the hell that was with him. Um, but DeAndre Carter, DeAndre Carter quietly has been really, really, really serviceable. And Taylor Heineke has a, has a good has a good rapport with him. So I, he's not someone that I'm rushing to add necessarily. But is he someone to watch? Yeah, definitely. As, as for Ray Ray McLeod, I think this really comes down to just that second team connection that he has with Mason Rudolph. I think it makes a lot of sense that Mason Rudolph probably has thrown to Ray Ray McLeod a lot, given that they are second teamers. Ray Ray McLeod normally would not be thrown into this high leverage of a spot when in normal situations. But not having Chase Claypool, Ray McLeod made his way into the lineup without Ben Roethlisberger. Mason Rudolph made his way into the lineup. And these are guys that probably got a lot of practice time together. 
and it showed a career high in targets for Ray Ray McLeod, a top 12 week for him in full point PPR. Is he someone that I'm really going to just go and try and say, oh, yeah, he's a great pickup going forward? Probably not because Big Ben will be back for the Pittsburgh Steelers next week. But he's someone he's someone to definitely, definitely look at for sure. But do I think it's going to be something that is repeated is going to be repeated? No, I don't. You know, it's interesting that you brought up that because I kind of feel like it could be the same thing with DeAndre Carter and Taylor Heineke. Because Taylor Heineke, as we know, he was the backup. If Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have wasn't injured, and now Fitzpatrick's out for the season, basically, Taylor Heineke wouldn't even be starting. But now Taylor Heineke's starting, and you know, you're seeing a good connection with DeAndre Carter. So I mean that could mean interesting things like you see deandre carter's name pop up on the score sheet occasionally so i mean it's good to see for that yeah he just he just needs more consistent work i mean i don't know if you really wanted to go and start a guy with that for six targets i mean that's kind of a little that's a little low for me to you know really want to thrust him in there but um you know to uh to each their own i mean there's one guy though that i think people should really really be looking at and and this is kind of the antithesis of uh, it really no it really is the same thing as DeAndre Carter but we've seen him feature a ton in in recent weeks for the Jacksonville Jaguars that's Jamal Agnew he's someone that i think is very very interesting as a deeper leagues especially that he should be picked up and just sort of you know monitor that cuz they kind of view him as a swiss army knife that can, that can that can do all. I mean, had that long touchdown run against the Colts um, has put up some solid receiving numbers, six catches, five catches, six catches from weeks five to eight, including that by in week seven, uh, they want to get him involved. And there are a lot of targets that are available in Jacksonville. Given of course, DJ Chark is not there. They don't really have an established number one right now. They're trying to just figure out what they really have it in their guys. So I think Jamal Agnew is going to be in a, in a great situation for Deuce. So uh, he's definitely a worthwhile ad for me in, uh, in 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 deeper leagues. Interesting. That is pretty interesting. Um, didn't he have that? Was he the guy that had the kickoff return against or the field goal return against the Cardinals? Maybe. Maybe. Okay, I'm not exactly sure. You, you you might be right, consider, considering you just pull out random facts out of your ass. On, I could be. I re, I mean, I remember the name Jamal Agnew. Then because he also was. was a guy who was on, he was on the Lions, I think last year. That's the same guy. Um, yep, that is that is the same guy. Oh, and Rashad Bateman should be owned in every fantasy league. You know, for a team with a kind of shitty passing attack, they do have some pretty good receivers, those Ravens. Rashad Bateman. It was Jamal Agnew. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you would pull that random fact out of your ass. Uh, Rashad Bateman, yes, should be owned in every single fantasy league under the sun. Claim him, claim him, claim him. Pretty please, and thank you. As for the disappointments, uh, Devontae Adams was a disappointment, but again, not a big deal. Should not be too, too concerned. 
Uh, with Devontae, you're starting him every week. There are no reasons to pull him. Deontay Johnson, down week, did not have the rapport with Mason Rudolph that maybe he would have with Ben Roethlisberger. No issues there. Not worried about it. Chris Godwin is a down week for the Buccaneers overall. Not too worried about Godwin. Keep him in your lineups. Michael Pittman, down week for him. But again, no reason to be too concerned. He's fine. Terry McLaurin, this is this is an interesting one because teams are really zeroing in on him. He's been okay for fantasy this year, but it's, it's just very, very boomer busty. And he's either putting up 25 or he's putting up high single digits, low double digits. So, and again, yeah. I don't yeah. really know what you would get in a trade for him right now. He's just someone you have to just keep on your bench and hopefully he figures it out. But yeah, I'm definitely a little worried with with McLaurin. What do you think it is for McLaurin? Do you think it's quarterback play or is I it think just it, defense? I, I think it's like, defenses that are just taking him out of games and they're saying, okay, we dare you to have anybody else beat us. I, I think the return of Logan Thomas will help for sure. I, I think that will really take some of the attention away from him. But again, that's more of a wait and see because there's not really a timetable right now for when Logan Thomas is going to be back. There was hope that he would be able to play in this game, but of course aggravated that hamstring injury uh, in practice last week. So there really is no uh, timetable in store for when Logan Thomas is going to return. Adam Thielen with a down week, but again, I said that I thought this was a Justin Jefferson game, and and this is very interesting. I I heard someone say this over the weekend, and I really wanted to see if it was valid before I said it, and it was 100% valid that in zone coverage matchups versus the Vikings, when defenses are playing in zone, it's a Justin Jefferson day. That's the way you tell. If it's man coverage, if it's a defense that plays mostly in man coverage, it's a Thielen day. The Chargers play mostly in zone. It was a Jefferson day. I heard that over the weekend, and I said I really wanted to put that theory to the test, and it was true. Wow, that is very cool. Where did you hear that? Uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. Shout out, Sirius. Cool. Very, very cool. I thought it was a, a nifty little tool. I guess that's just because Adam Thielen has the size advantage on a lot of guys. I th- Honestly, I think I think it's more that he has the speed, if anything. I, I think he just has the ability to blow by guys more 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 than anything. It, and he's not dealing he's not and you know, he's not dealing he can deal with the with the rubs and get away from guys. Whereas Justin Jefferson, you know, they meet him with a line of scrimmage, you know, it, it kinda of, it could take him out of play. So um but I thought that was a very a very uh, cool little stat and now you can uh you can go and apply that to your research when you uh have to decide between whether or not to start Adam Thielen or or Jefferson in in a given week. But I mean, those guys are must starts. You got you got to have a well, brass set to sit Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. Lucky you that you're deciding between starting Adam Thielen or Justin Jefferson. I wish I had your fantasy football problems. 
as do I, as do I really wish I had that problem. Uh, we talked about, we talked about Marquise Brown, not a big worry there, not a concern. Uh, Amari Cooper down week for him probably should have had a touchdown. If Dak Prescott wanted to throw it to him on the uh, keeper touchdown that Dak had, but in any event, he's fine to continue to start. Amari Cooper has a great matchup in store uh, against Kansas city on Sunday. And I'm telling you right now, you have any Cowboys, you have any chiefs of name value. You start them all. You, yeah, that could be a 90 point game. It's a Dallas revenge game, kind of, because the Chiefs used to be the Dallas Texans back in the day. True. True. Yep. Start See, all your Cowboys, too, start too all your facts. Chiefs. It, it is. It is. It's it, like it, a. It's a half fast revenge game. Yeah. Maybe they can uh, get Miles Austin out of retirement for nostalgia. Cause... Shout out Miles Austin. Great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Love him. Jet. Jets legend Miles Austin, by the way. Love Miles. Absolutely love the man. Um, okay, before we move on to tight ends, let's talk about the Titans receivers. Because in other news that happened after we recorded the mailbag and everything else, Julio Jones was put on IR. Not just ruled out, put on IR. He's going to be missing three games. Drop him. I think we should drop him. He is he is not worth having in fantasy anymore. Oh, and I will even and I will even that say is this. So sad. I will even say this. Julio should not be drafted in leagues next year. Can't stay healthy. You know, somebody told me before we went on air and recorded that I am not going to be bad-mouthing players anymore. That don't deserve to be bad-mouthed. Julio, this is okay. based on fact. Julio Jones cannot stay healthy anymore. He is not worth it. If you even told me that Julio Jones was available in round 12, I wouldn't take him. Because I know that's a waste of a pick. Well, he really hasn't done much, if anything, aside from take up your IR spot. Exactly. He had the one big game against Seattle, and then that's about it. He is not worth it. He's not. He's not. But uh, A.J. Brown, if there, if there are managers panicking about A.J. Brown, go buy him on the low. Go buy him on the low as much as you possibly can. And as as for anybody not named AJ Brown, I don't think there's anybody on the Titans that's really worth having on your rosters. And that includes Marcus Johnson. Okay. So tight ends. More disappointment for tight ends. But let's start off with the good. Travis Kelsey had a big game. You know, it wasn't like a great week for tight ends. Travis Kelsey was the closest to hitting 20, and even then, 19.9. Yeah, it was a, it was a down week for, for tight ends. It really was the tight ends that, that scored were the ones that had uh, big games, and then the one that didn't 
just had 119 yards on 10 targets and eight catches and, and Travis Kelsey. But then the rest of the top five, Hunter Henry scored twice. Mark Andrews scored once. Tyler Conklin scored twice. George Kittle scored. So it's just kind of like it, it really is. I mean, this is what the tight end position is. It, it's if the guy is not scoring, you're kind of in a spot where you're saying to yourself, hmm, I don't really know what I have. You need your tight end to score on a, on a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, exactly. And then, and then like, like this you might... could you could have started yeah. Noah Gray, and Noah Gray would have gotten you more fantasy points than Darren Waller, and T.J. Hawkinson, and T.J. Hawkinson, yeah, and Pat Fryermuth, and Dallas Goddard. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the, this kind of, a week like this kind of really puts you off drafting tight ends early outside of the top three. Oh. See, I kind of disagree with that take. I agree with it and I disagree with it because if you're drafting one of those tight ends, you know they're going to be utilized, and you know that odds are they're going to have a much safer floor week to week, even if they don't score. Well, that's Whereas, I said outside the top, the top three. Uh, but even even a Mark Andrews, I mean, we wouldn't have considered Mark Andrews top three before the year, but Mark Andrews was a guy that I think was on the lower end of those must start every week tight ends. T.J. Hawkinson was a part of that group as well, and Hawkinson has been up and down this year. Kyle Pitts has been up and down this year. I mean, I think Kyle Pitts is going to be someone that is going to be in that Mark Andrews group next year where people are going to try and go out of their way to make sure that they get Kyle Pitts. But I, I'm i starting to come around on the idea of drafting a tight end in the mid-rounds that, again, that Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson, Kyle Pitts – sort of group maybe down waller becomes a little bit more obtainable next year after he's kind of had it down near this year so if you're talking about taking a tight end round four round five round six i don't think that's a bad idea just because of looking at what's available in later rounds it's truly just touchdown or bust i mean look at what we did in terms of and this is like a great example of having Tyler Higby in in the column, you know, we were hoping for touchdown or touchdown or nothing from him at at some points, and you know, and now he's he's gone. But you know, it uh, it really it, it's just a dry, dry position, tight end. It, I think we said it again at the beginning of the year, and look at where we are. That tight end may be as deep as it's ever been. We said that last year too. Turn out to be a shit show. Tight end this year, another shit show. You, you, you're just having to find one guy that you could just roll every single week and just hope for, hope for the best. And uh, and yeah, I mean, this is one of those weeks where again, if if you drafted one of the top tight ends, odds are you had a you had a good week. If you had Tyler Conklin, you had a good week because he scored twice, twice. Yep, good call, Adam. Yep. Well, somebody, sometime, you know, law of averages, you got to be right about Tyler, Tyler Conklin at some point. 
you, know, true. you keep predicting to have a good game. Very, very, very true. But if you're streaming tight end, God bless you. God bless I you. I mean, honestly, I, though, yeah, Tyler Conklin has been looking pretty good. Yeah, he's he's the clear number three uh, number three option in the passing game of guys that is not named Dalvin Cook. So, you know, he, he's been getting consistent targets, and he's probably someone. But he's again, he's just so boomer bust because he doesn't he yeah. doesn't score those then, two touch he doesn't score those two touchdowns. He's he's we're not talking about him. Four point one points, basically. Yeah, I mean even. Even the same thing with Hunter Henry. He just scores two touchdowns. We're not talking about him. So you just need to find your tight end that's going to score every single week. And if you get a touchdown from, those, from your tight end, congratulations. You've, you've done really well. Well, that's why G.B. Graham was like the greatest tight end of all time in the mm-hmm. back half of 2017 because Bingo. he kept scoring one-yard touchdowns. Exactly. He's, I think he scored in like eight straight weeks or something like that. It was crazy. A one-yard touchdown means just as just as much as a thirty-yard touchdown for the tight ends. It's crazy to say, but it's the truth. A touchdown is a touchdown. So, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's week ten wrapped up. Let's go on to week eleven, baby. Yes, let's go on to week eleven. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.